the time I brought this word that I would be walking out a very challenging thing. My family, my wife um, would be walking out a very challenging circumstance where that I would have to really put my faith to the test and practice this message and practice this word. Um, this past week, my wife's father was in a motorcycle accident and he's in critical condition. And so we've been praying for him like crazy. And the point of this message, the theme of this message is seeking God and not just seeking what we need from God. Seeking Christ and not just seeking the healing or the need. If you'll get your Bibles and your Bible apps ready and you'll turn to Matthew chapter 9. That's where we will be spending the majority of our time today. Um, there's other scriptures I'll reference. I'm not going to give us time to turn there. You can turn and look at later, but I'll, I'll, I'll let you know where we're going. But the title of today's message is Seeking Jesus. So we're going to start in Matthew chapter 9. We're going to read verses 18 through 26, and we're going to read it in its entirety. And then I'm going to circle back, and, and we'll just kind of dig into the truth that are contained in every one of these verses. And I, I'm convinced of this. This passage of scripture, your eyes are going to be open to things you've never seen before, and it's going to impact your life. You're going to leave from this moment strengthened and, and more mature, because that's what the word of God does. That's what the gifts that the Lord gives us, that's what they do. They're there to strengthen and grow us. So let's read Matthew 9, 18 through 26. As Jesus was saying this, as Jesus was teaching, the leader of a synagogue came and knelt before him. My daughter has just died, he said, but you can bring her back to life again if you just come and lay your hand on her. So Jesus and his disciples got up and went with him. Just then, a woman who had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding came up behind him. She touched the fringe of his robe for she thought, if I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. Jesus turned around and when he saw her, he said, daughter, be encouraged. Your faith has made you well. And the woman was healed at that moment. When Jesus arrived at the official's home, he saw the noisy crowd and heard the funeral music. Get out, he told them. The girl isn't dead. She's only asleep. But the crowd laughed at him. After the crowd was put outside, however, Jesus went in and took the girl by the hand and she stood up. The report of this miracle swept throughout the entire countryside. I want us to just dig deep into the truths contained in this passage today and I want them to I want us to apply this to our lives so let's jump back to verse 18 Matthew 9 18 as Jesus was saying this the leader of a synagogue came and knelt before him my daughter has just died he said but you can bring her back to life again if you just come and lay your hand on her we see a leader a father Come and kneel before Jesus. Friends, we don't do this enough. 
I truly believe that leaders and fathers need to go before God and kneel in humility and submission at the feet of Jesus and intercede for their people. And we all have people. We all have people. This leader kneels before Jesus. How often do you kneel before the king in prayer? I have to ask myself, how often do I do this as a man, as a father? How often do I kneel before Jesus for my wife? How often do I kneel before my king for my children? As a leader, as a pastor, how often do I, do I humbly fall to my knees in submission and pray for my team and pray for my church and pray for my city? And you need to be asking yourself the same question. Business managers and owners, how often do you fall to your knees and pray for your staff and pray for your company? Single moms, regardless of your title or role, we've all been given authority. So, so I've referenced fathers, mothers, and, and, and single mothers. How often do you fall before your knees and pray for your children and your family and your household? teens and children. Have you ever done this? Pray for your classmates and your teachers and your neighbors. Do we take the responsibility of that authority seriously? There's authority that we get to walk in as followers of Jesus Christ. So Revelation 4.4, this is one of those you can circle back. I'm going to read Revelation 4.4 and then I'm going to drop down to verses 10 through 11. But it's interesting because it references this this authority that I was talking about. Revelation 4.4, 24 thrones surrounded him, surrounded Jesus, and 24 elders sat on them. They were all clothed in white and they had gold crowns on their heads. Down to verse 10. The 24 elders fall down and worship the one sitting on the throne, the one who lives forever and ever. And they lay their crowns before the throne and they say, you are worthy, O Lord, our God, to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things and they exist because you created what you pleased. They wore crowns. And they took them off and they fell before Jesus and they laid them at his feet. This is a great symbol, not just of them, but of us. Taking that authority that God has given us, because friends, I promise you, no matter what position or title you hold, you didn't earn that authority. You were given that authority. And taking it off and saying, Lord, do with this what you will. Do with this authority. Do with this position. Do with this what you will. But I lay before you desperate and honoring and submit it. Humble and desperate positioning and intercession is a mandate on the lives of leader, of leaders and fathers, and mothers, and followers of Jesus. Friends, this isn't begging. This is believing. 
This isn't begging on our knees. This is a, a strong and powerful demonstration of our belief in who Jesus is. And that is what this message is all about. We have to believe that Jesus is who he says he is. The father and leader of this synagogue came to Jesus, even though he was clearly very busy. He was clearly teaching crowds. He clearly wasn't alone. He didn't wait for, for a private moment. As a matter of fact, it was public. It was very public. And in this very public seating or, or um, situation, this venue, he kneeled before the Lord. My favorite verse in scripture is Romans 1.16, which says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God and salvation for all who believe, given first to the Jew and then to the Gentile. I'm not ashamed. I am not ashamed. Wow, what a request. What a request, right? This father made of Jesus. But it's not the request that grabs my attention. It's his faith. It's his faith. When we truly grasp who Jesus is, then we will be convinced of this, that it's never too late to come to Jesus. This father's daughter had died, but he knew it's never too late to come to Jesus. What is the sum of desperation plus faith plus humility plus knowing who Jesus is. The result of this, the sum of this just might be the miracle that you're seeking God for. But you'll never know until you come to him. You'll never know until you ask him in this way. Let me take the chance to tell you, just as Jesus was busy teaching, he always has time for you. He always has time for you. He's never too busy for you. So when this father, this leader, made this request, how did Jesus respond? Let's look in verse 19. So Jesus and his disciples got up and went with him. Jesus is on the way. Jesus is coming for you and for your situation. If he hasn't shown up yet, have faith. He's on the way. He's on the way. He is with you. Jesus says this in Proverbs eight seventeen. I love those who love me and those who seek me diligently, they find me. Hebrews eleven six says the same. It is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him, come to to God, to Jesus, must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely and diligently seek him. If you diligently seek him, you find him. Fact. Mic drop. Boom. If you seek him, you find him because he's not hiding from you. He wants to be found by you. Now, we don't always get the answers we want. And we don't always get the answers we want in a time 
in a time frame that fits our level of comfort and our schedule. I'll get to that in a second. But God is going to show up. And it might not be in the way you expect it. So you really do need to keep your eyes open to see what Jesus is up to. You need to keep your eyes open to see what the Father is doing. Because it might not be how you expect it. But if, you're, if you believe it, then your eyes are open to see it. But God is going to show up. So the story takes an interesting turn here. We're going to read verse 20 as soon as I have a drink of my delicious coffee. So I want to read 19 and and then 20 and then we're going to quickly go to 20 and 21. So Jesus and his disciples, they got up and went with him. Just then a woman who had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding came up behind him. 12 years, 12 years. This woman has been walking in torment and shame and heaviness and isolation because she was considered dirty and filthy and unclean. So she, for 12 years, isolation. For 12 years, shame. That's a mighty long time. Verse 20. The woman who had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding came up behind him. She touched the fringe of his robe. For she thought, if I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. Don't lose heart don't lose heart remind yourself of who jesus is and then tell yourself if i can only touch him if i can only touch him remind yourself of who jesus is believe jesus is who he says he is He says that he's your healer. So believe it. He says that he's your savior. So believe it. He says he'll never run out on you. Never. Believe it. Believe that he calms the storm. Believe that he brings life to the dead. Believe. Believe. I might be taking some liberties here. But we see that this woman was tormented for 12 years. But this is the first time that we see her reaching out to Jesus. Now, maybe she never had the opportunity. I don't know. But I'm going to take this opportunity to say this. Don't wait 12 years before you reach out to Jesus. In fact, don't wait another day. Don't wait another hour. Reach out to him now. 12 years. Just because it's taken longer than you want and longer than you expected doesn't mean your story is over. It doesn't mean that you've been forgotten. Just because the answer doesn't come when we want doesn't mean that it's not coming. Just because this has taken longer doesn't mean that Jesus isn't on the way. Maybe it means that you'll get a different answer than you want, the one you wanted. Maybe when we ask questions of Jesus, he can respond with yes. He can respond with no. He can respond with not yet. Tyron in his message last week said he can, he can respond with wait. 
If you get a different answer than what you were expecting, I promise you this, it'll always be for your benefit and it'll always be for God's glory because that's what he says in, in Romans eight twenty eight. That he'll use all things for for the for his for your good, the good of those who love him and are called according to his purposes and for his glory. So here's the thing. Many of us think that Jesus is a genie. We think that if we rub the golden lamp and use one of our three wishes, that he automatically does what we ask. Friends, Jesus is not a genie. We ask the question and then we have to believe and we have to trust. And usually we have to wait. We have to trust Jesus for the answer. When we truly believe that he is who he says he is, we will trust him and we will trust whatever answer he has for us because he's God and he knows better. And sometimes we ask wrongly we ask wrong sometimes we ask selfishly but isn't that an awesome thing should that should bring us incredible liberty that even if we ask wrong he's going to answer right isn't that awesome if we ask for something that that god knows is going to hurt us or not be for our good or his glory he responds with the right answer so don't lose heart verse 22 Jesus turned around and when he saw her, he said, daughter, I love the affection. Daughter, be encouraged. Your faith has made you well. And the woman was healed at that moment. Again, verse 21, she said, if I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. Church, please hear this. Friends, please let this affect your heart. Strangers, those I haven't met yet, please let this penetrate your heart. She knew that touching Jesus was the solution for what she was looking for. She knew that touching Jesus was the solution for what she needed. Jesus turned around This is verse 22. And when he saw her, he said, daughter, be encouraged. Your faith has made you well. And the woman was healed at that moment. Friends, will you accept the Lord's encouragement today? As he he speaks affectionately to you, daughter, be encouraged. Son, be encouraged. Seek Christ and not the healing. Seek Jesus and not the need. Seek Jesus and not what you want the answer to be. So check this out. If you're anything like me, you have a massive grocery list of needs. You have a huge checklist of needs. Honestly, my list is so long that if I think about going by one by one and punching every one of those off my list is daunting. It's actually quite intimidating. I'm just being honest with you. It's intimidating and it's daunting. But that's not what we do. 
We don't break out our checklist and go one by one. When I spend that time in prayer, I'm just to let you know my, about my prayer life. I don't, I, I don't go one by one down a list of a hundred things. Now I do make notes of people that I say I'm going to be praying for, and I'll break out that list, and I'll lift up the. And that's just because I'll forget. If I don't write it down, I'll forget. But when it comes to the, the long list of needs, that's not what I do. You know what I do? I seek Jesus. I get in his presence. I remove distractions. And I remember how good Jesus is. I remember who he is. I remember that he's never failed me, that he's never let me down, that he's never ran out on me. I remember that he's brilliant. He's smart. He's brilliant. And that he knows tomorrow. And I seek Jesus. I don't go to point A and then to point B and then to point C. And you shouldn't either. We seek Christ and not just the answers that we're looking for. We shouldn't have, you know, a a punch list mentality. Again, we don't rub off the old genie lamp and say, dear God, I need you to fix A. Dear God, I need you to Fix B. Dear God, I need you to provide C. And then we get A, B, and C. And then we go, thanks God. And then we go about our way. How is that relational? Our God is a relational God. This isn't religion I'm talking about. This is relationship with Christ. How is that relational? No, that's selfish. It, that's that's a self, and, and I, you know, I'm not trying to to step on toes too hard. I am trying to step on toes, but just you know, I'm not trying to crush them. That's selfish. That, that's that's me-centered prayer. Even it's we seek Jesus, we exalt Jesus, and all of a sudden now our perspective changes. When we do that, our atmosphere changes. When we do that, it is Jesus-centric. It can't help but be Jesus-centered as opposed to Mark-centered. And do you really want to be limited to just three wishes? With that genie Jesus? Phenomenal cosmic powers. Itty bitty living space. You see, there's things in our hearts that we ask God for. And sometimes he doesn't give it to us because he's trying to break things off our life. He's trying to grow us. He's trying to mature us. He's perfecting us. See, he's he's the author of this story. He started it, and he's the finisher of this story, which means he's constantly at work. He's he's the artist of your magnificent work, but he's also the finisher, so he's constantly at work. He's trying to grow us because he's a good God, and he cares more about us than just giving us stuff or than just giving us everything we ask. Are you seeking God or are you seeking the answer? Do you just want healing from God or do you want him? Lord, we make declaration right now that we want you. The thing that God wants most, he can't make happen. He wants us to love him. 
He wants us to want him. And he can't bring that about because he gives us free will. When we come into his presence and all we want is him, see how things will realign in our lives. So I actually kind of prayed a little there. Let's, I looked at my notes. I got, I got a little bit more to go here. What if we did the same as this woman? What if we did the same? What if we just said, if I can just touch him? What if we did the same in our prayers? While I'm praying, Lord, what if I can just touch you? In my worship. Worship was wonderful today. Dave's such a good man. So appreciate that, brother. So in my worship, can I touch him? Can I touch touch him and not... Focus on myself whatsoever. Because I promise you, if we seek God for who he is, then he takes care of all of our needs. Matthew 6.33 says, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. This woman sought Jesus for who he was. And at that moment of touching him, she was healed. Twelve years of torment gone 12 years of shame gone her body and her soul healed can we do something can we let our minds wander to that place where we see how thrilled this woman is she had her moment she had her moment where that her prayer was fulfilled can you imagine the joy Can you imagine the thrill? Can you imagine the feeling? Can you imagine the freedom? Now think about yourself for a moment. Imagine how you will be, how you will feel, how you will be different, how your life will be changed when you have your moment of healing, when you have your moment of answer. It will be amazing. It'll be life-changing. Your solution is seeking Jesus. Your solution is touching Jesus. <coughs> Your solution's not striving for that moment. That moment is only found through Jesus. So our story didn't begin with this woman. Um, we really should have assigned her a name instead of just calling her that woman that whole time. Uh, it seems kind of cold. It's probably too late. We're going to call her Eunice. We're going to call, it's, it's, she was Eunice instead of that woman. It didn't just start with Eunice, the artist formerly known as Eunice. It started with that leader, remember? It started with that father. And Jesus said, okay, let's go. But before he got to that daughter. Jesus healed another daughter. And after this amazing healing took place with this woman, we're sticking with Eunice, some people might have forgotten about the other daughter, but not Jesus. Jesus did not forget about that little girl. 
And at this moment, Jesus shows up. So verse 23. When Jesus arrived at the official's home, he saw the noisy crowd and he heard the funeral music. Oh, the crowd. That noisy, heavy crowd. Don't listen to the funeral music. Don't follow the masses. Don't let your emotions and other people's doubts affect your belief and your remembrance of who Jesus is. We've all heard that funeral music playing over our situation. So friends, don't listen. Don't listen to the doubters. Don't listen to the mockers. Out of that noisy, faithless crowd, it only took one man to seek Jesus and fall at his feet. Friends, are you willing to to be the lone voice of faith in a crowd of doubt and division? Followers of Jesus, you have to be willing to be that lone expression of faith in the noisy sea of death. So let's read Matthew 9.24 to see how Jesus responded. Get out, he told them. The girl isn't dead. She's only asleep. But the crowd laughed at him. Jesus shows up and he says, get out. Doubters, get out. Mockers, get out. And we should be doing the same thing. When doubt and fear and mocking and and that, that cynical laughter fills our heart. We need to say, get out. Get out. Jesus is here. Get out. Jesus is showing up. You guys, there's only one way that that girl gets out of that bed. There's only one way that that girl stands up and it's Jesus. There's only one way. One way. Jesus. I remember, I guess it was back in the 70s. I remember a lot of people would stick a good finger out the window when they were driving and they would do this. And it meant one way. There was this, the, the Jesus movement. Part of it was this symbol. One way. There's one way to heaven. There's one way to hope, to salvation is Jesus. Verse 25. After the crowd was put outside, however, Jesus went in and took the girl by the hand and she stood up. The report of this miracle swept through the entire countryside. It only took one person that understood that touching Jesus and then Jesus touching his need was the solution that he was looking for. being honest with you, I want to be that father. I want to be that man. I want to be that leader. I don't want to be one of those noisy, cynical people. I don't want to be one of those faithless people. I want to be the father that falls at the feet of Jesus. believes that only his touch will bring life to my situation.
Only his touch will bring life to my need. Only his touch will bring life to everything that is dead in my life and in my family. I'm going to be the man that understands that seeking Jesus is the answer. Chasing Jesus and not chasing answers will result in that moment. Touching Jesus will result in him touching me and touching my needs. Some of you that are watching this right now, that are listening to this right now, you have an emptiness inside you because you don't have Jesus. You know it, you feel it. You know that something's missing and you, you know that it's hollow. And and if you were like me before I trusted in Jesus, you tried to fill it with everything you could to no avail. Only Jesus takes away the emptiness. You see, Jesus doesn't just want to fill. He wants to actually remove that emptiness and just fling it and just kick it and just annihilate it. Then he wants to fill you up with himself with his spirit if you've only sought answers I know that there's emptiness there if you've only sought healing I know there's emptiness there if you've only sought a reprieve from the pain I know there's emptiness there I know I've been there. Here's the thing. Only Jesus. Only Jesus can bring freedom and healing in those areas. But you've already heard the answer and you already know the answer. You have to seek Jesus. Not just seek for the emptiness to be gone. You have to seek Jesus and not just for the healing of your heart. You have to seek Jesus and not just so that the pain would stop. You have to seek Jesus. Seeking Jesus touches Jesus. Seeking Jesus is touching Jesus. And when you touch Jesus, He touches you. He touches you back. That's His response. make a place of just kind of being just locked into God and for some of you that might be closing your eyes some of you maybe you're in your home alone and so maybe you don't need to close your eyes but I just want you to lock in to to what I'm saying when you seek Jesus you will find Jesus when you call out to Jesus he will respond he will answer he will save he will heal he will set free he loves you so much He understands waiting because he's waiting and he might be waiting on you. If that's you and you don't know Jesus and you don't have Jesus, will you seek him right now by calling out and saying, Jesus, I need you. I need you. I need you. I have a lot of needs. I have a whole list, but I need you. And so I seek you. 
and then seeking you. I'm going to trust you for all these other things I need. I'm going to trust you for the answers. If that's you, just just use your own words. I, I could lead you in a prayer, but then sometimes people think it's about the prayer and it's not. It's not. It's about the heart. It's about the condition of the heart. It's about crying out to Jesus in belief that he is who he says he is. Your healer, your savior, your deliverer, your friend. So maybe just say something from your heart along the lines of, Jesus, I believe. Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I'm lost and I'm empty and so I seek you. And I believe that you're my solution, my answer, my source, my savior. Lord, I just pray for every person, Lord, that's responding to you in in the just vast ways that people are responding right now. Some are responding in salvation, but some are responding, Lord, because they have some heavy, heavy needs. But Lord, our response right now is a seeking of you. Our prayer right now is a seeking of you. Our talking with you is a seeking of you. And Lord, in our hearts, we believe that in seeking you, you answer, you give us that moment. So Holy Spirit, I just ask right now, I know that there are people's moments that are taking place right now and there's others of us that maybe our our moment won't, won't come right now, but it's coming. Let our eyes be open to see you at work, regardless of your timetable, Lord. Give us eyes to see you at work and give us ears to hear your response. In Jesus' name, amen. He loves you. God loves you.